All right, time to welcome in Tim Lacombe. You hear him on the Jazz pregame shows, halftime, postgame with Jake Scott. They will get things rolling at 7 o'clock tonight. The game will tip off at 8 o'clock. It's on ESPN. Tim, good morning. Why are we talking about losing, PK? Garbage. (laughs) I mean, can we talk about winning? Yeah. Can we talk about losing? Well, when they win, we will talk about winning. But they freaking lost the other night. That's fresh on my mind. I live in the moment, Timmy La. And because I live in the moment, they're coming off a loss. So they dictate what I talk about, not myself. Okay, hold on. Because I'm going to use your words against you. You live in the moment, but you're talking all about Damian Lillard. We play Chris Paul tonight, bro. We play in Phoenix tonight. Which Come on, man. Why it, the moment. increases the desire and necessity to win. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because I live in the moment, but prepare for the future. So <laughs> when it gets here, I am ready to go. And nothing catches me unprepared. I love this guy. I mean, you cannot win an argument. I was just going to try. And, and he's already got me, so screw it. Well, I'm basically just living a Christmas carol, even in April. Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. So I'm looking back at Dallas, the Suns tonight, and Portland tomorrow. That's my focus. See, you're, By the way, you're three the best. rational guy. Your yeah. head's on a swivel, DJ. Your on a swivel. Pitter-patter. Pitter-patter. Quick feet. Sorry, Bob Kloppenberg yeah. goes to Bob Klopp. Wait, I think Bob's still alive. Anyway. Okay, so you, you come to all these games, and you're in studio with Jake. And I know from doing TV for a few years that you think you're all in on all these games, watching them all the time. But the fact is... You can't get around, walk around the kitchen, you know, get on phone calls and all that. You got to sit through the blowouts. And everyone else says, yeah, I watched the Orlando game, but they checked out midway through the second quarter. The final four was on, and your butt was in the chair because you got to talk for an hour after the game is over, at least 45 minutes, probably an hour after the game is over. So I'm just curious if you've got a little more energy for the games this week. I mean, you've always got energy for them because you literally can't leave early. You can't be the fan leaving Dodger Stadium in the seventh inning. So you're a little more fired up this week because these games do seem like they all mean more. Yeah, I, uh, I really have been, have been looking forward to this, uh, this Phoenix game. Uh, you know, I thought that when Phoenix played the Jazz early in the season, you know, they really kind of had their way with them defensively. And, and it was before the Jazz kind of got on a roll. I think uh, I think their loss to Phoenix made them four and four, and then they obviously went on a eleven win game win streak. Um, but Phoenix did some things defensively, really got up and pressured, caused the issues, um, you know, and it kind of hurt the Jazz. So I'm curious to see, you know, what the kind of what both teams do as an adjustment and um, and how that game's played tonight. It'll be really really interesting. And then obviously you got one and two, so in the West. Um, so it's a great game. What do you do with Booker? Because he's an elite-level scorer as far as making sure he's probably going to get his, but he doesn't get in the 40 range. Yeah, and that's hard uh, because, you know, the hardest part about about Booker is he's he's somebody I call an anytime, anywhere shooter. And 
Uh, I really do believe in watching him some that the, the start of games is important. You know, if the Jazz can do a decent job to start the game on him, um, you know, there's some carryover. And the biggest thing, you're not going to stop him, right? It's it's a it's a, a defensive mindset that hey, you've got to be mindful of him, and you got to make every shot difficult. But you have to live with the ones that he makes that are tough, and he makes a lot of tough twos. Um, so you can't let that get you discouraged. Uh, really, the game plan will be uh, put in place, and the guys will execute it. And I would imagine Booker will be a, a huge part of you know, the Jazz being able to win the game if they can kind of keep him in check. All right, so another guy I'd like to talk about because I sense he's really important. I haven't watched enough Suns basketball to completely pull this apart and dive in on it. Um, but for uh, PK, or maybe PK's sisters who introduced him to music, to music, he is the fifth Beatle. I guess for the younger fans, he is, is basically he's Royce O'Neal, who we know is really important to the Jazz, and he gets a lot less run than any other Jazz player does. If you're just, you know, I don't know, watching highlights on ESPN or reading whatever power ranking on whatever website you go to, what about Bridges? Because he, he could be the O'Neal comparison. He's played every game. They play him 32 minutes. He started all 49 games, but he's not getting the run that Paul or Booker or Aiton gets, but he must be playing all those minutes and all those games for a reason. He's giving him something. Yeah, he's he's a he's a terrific defender, and similar to what you talked about with Royce, he really is kind of a three and D guy for them. Um, I think that his I think that his uh, his biggest strength, you know, is he has a, a real feel for where to be on the defensive end, and then he's capable of making shots. And so, uh, not a guy that's going to get a ton of press, but like Royce has been for the Jazz, a guy who will really. Uh, you know, do all the little dirty things, all the all the little things that nobody else really wants to do. Um, you know, Bridges does that kind of in spades. And I feel like another guy, um, Jay Crowder, is has been really good for the for the Suns as well. Um, you know, former Jazz guy brings a level of toughness. Um, was obviously with Miami last year on their great run. So uh, Jay brings a great level of enthusiasm, excitement, and can make some shots. You know, he really kind of hurt the Jazz the first game here in Salt Lake. I sort of like how Bogdanovich is not abandoning the three, but is expanding his game because the three hasn't been hitting, hasn't been dropping the way he normally is uh, accustomed to. So with that in mind, it's clear that he's decided to drive the ball to the basket, get some more two-pointers that are close to it, that that's the way to help. So I appreciate him doing that. Yeah, I felt like um, you know that's something he did last year that – I didn't really know he had in his game. Um, I think Quinn's done a good job of not just letting you know letting him kind of stand out there and shoot threes till they fall. He's gotten them opportunities to drive it, and he's also got him post ups. And I, I told Jake a couple times that post up game, depending on the matchup, we're going to see a lot of that in the playoffs because it's been really efficient. And if if you don't bring a second defender, Bojan's really good at scoring that little shot down there in the restricted area. Uh, and if teams do bring a defender, then you've got another way to get the blender started and get wide open and catch and shoot threes. So I, I really like the way that they're using Boyan. I think part of him driving it and finishing better is his wrist is probably a little better than it was to start the season. And uh, I think he trusts a little more. And so I think that all those things, uh, you know, I think Boyan's played better. He's, uh, 
He's looked better. He's played better. His confidence has been better, and that's certainly good for the Jazz. So the logic that, uh, you know, Portland lost to the Clippers and Damian Lillard went 2-for-14, so that should scare Jazz fans because he'll probably be on in Portland. Shouldn't all that logic be applied to Donovan Mitchell? He's coming off an 0-for-8 game from the three-point arc. Shouldn't he come out, fill it up, and have a big game against the Suns? And when he's filling it up, when we see Bubble Donovan and he gets on a roll, a lot of problems go away. I stunned him into submission. The sheer logic of that article just blew Tim away. We, we lost you there. I'm just saying if everyone's going to be sweating Damian Lillard, which they should be, he's coming off a 2-for-14, he, he might light it up against the Jazz. Well, Donovan Mitchell's coming off an 0-for-8 in Dallas. Why can't he light up the Suns? And if he lights them up, well, then a lot of problems go away. The 0-for-8, probably of all the things in the Dallas game, it really surprised me because Donovan took good shots, and he's been taking – He's been he's been very very aggressive, particularly to start games. Um, but I've loved how locked in he's been, and his shot selection's been good. Uh, I feel like that you know he he got eight shots last night or uh, the other night against Dallas that he normally makes a, a good percentage of. So for him to go zero for eight was a real surprise. I, I totally agree. I think Donovan will be uh, would be really important tonight because again the way that Phoenix plays defense, they really pressure you. And the only way you can you can uh, really deal with pressure is you have to either back cut pressure off the ball or you got to drive pressure on the ball. And Donovan's capable of, of driving pressure and getting where he wants to get on the floor, so he's going to be really important to the Jazz tonight. And I think he can have a great game. How disappointing were, were you when Gonzaga did not win? I was bummed. Uh, you know, I'm happy. He calling us from the bottom of a well today? We don't usually have these problems with Tim. All right. Yak will try to reconnect with Tim. I think we've lost him. Well, he was bum, PK. He knows those guys. He has relationships. It's hard to get where they got. But what he just said applied to Gonzaga. They faced a lot of pressure, and they even had a timeout with Fewer. He was, you could tell with the hand motions, he was telling them, back cuts, they're pressing us. we got to go back door. It's wide open. But they didn't get it done. They did not. Didn't no. get it done. Didn't get enough backdoor layups to relieve that pressure. Yeah, and college is a little bit different. You know, the NBA, it seems like you have runs. Yeah. So if you don't get it this year, you probably got a chance next year. Where college, you never really know. But expound upon your feelings on Gonzaga losing, Tim. Well, I was, you know, I was, I just drove down a well. I apologize. I had to back out of it. Um, but I, I felt like, you know, the Zags, they had to use so much energy in the UCLA game. But all that being said, I just think Baylor was better. I think they were deeper. They were more physical. Um, I got to know Scott Drew when we played him a couple of times. And in, in, they came out here to BYU. We went and played them there in Baylor. And then we played him in the NIT. He's a great guy. He's done a great job building a program for a long time. You know, I got to give AD credit because nowadays, you know, there was a period of time where, People were pretty down on Scott Drew. And, you know, when we played him in the NIT, I mean, he had a lot of dudes come through there that were really, really good. We played Pierre Jackson, played in the, M- in the NBA. Um, you know, Royce was obviously on Baylor's team. Uh, they had good big guys for years, and they just couldn't break through. They couldn't win uh, enough games, you know, to make the tournament consistently They were in a NIT. And the AD stuck with it. And, I mean, Scott's been there 18 years, 
Um, I don't think that's done most places. I think we just saw, you know, at Utah, people, you don't make the tournament a couple years in a row and everybody's hair starts on fire. Um, so credit to the AD, uh, a ton of credit to the AD there. Uh, certainly a former coach can appreciate um, the, the fact that Scott Drew was doing a good job, just wasn't breaking through, and they hung with him and he got through. So I'm bummed about Gonzaga. I love, love everything about their program. I love Mark Fuse, unbelievable guy. Um, and I, I, would, I would say they'll be back. Um, I, you know, like you said, PK, you never know if you're going to win it. And even getting back there sometimes is, uh, is really difficult because it's all about matchups. Um, but I, I'm, I loved watching the, final, or the, or the NCAA tournament this year. It was so nice to have it back. So two coaching changes here on the Wasatch front with uh, Craig Smith filling one and creating the second one. You hearing anything about uh, staffs, players, recruiting, any early vibe for those two fan bases about where these programs may be headed? Uh, a little bit about, you know, my understanding is that Utah, uh, you know, I think Craig's cleaning house. I don't think he's going to keep anybody around. Um, I, I think, you know, which is totally understandable. I think that'd be hard to do sometimes to come in and do your thing, but have guys that have been there before. So um, I think that more than anything, you know, he, he's got to a good start. He'd be brought his main guy from Utah State or his bringing. And, and I know DeMarlo Slocum's there as well who's a former Ute and was there with Larry. So excited about that. Um, Ryan Odom, you know, that was a name that I'd heard a little bit. Wasn't sure of how it fit, but now I kind of understand there's a connection um, with the Jazz. And and, uh, Ryan's brother's a scout for the Jazz. Um, I I don't know him personally. Watched him from a distance a long time. He obviously pulled off one of the great upsets in the history of college basketball. And I really like that. You know, they made it a nationwide search. They went out, found a guy who has been successful at a quote-unquote mid-major uh, or small major, and and I think that the I think that it'll be exciting for for Utah State. I know they're having the press conference today, so be interesting to hear kind of some of the things said. I have no idea what he's doing staff-wise there. Um, I would assume you know with the connections to the Jazz and that sort of thing, he understands the importance of of putting culture, you know, and understanding the culture here and having somebody that does that. So, I mean, that, if I ever talked to Ryan, that would be my advice. Um, I don't think you got to sell out in that regard, but I think it's good to know the lay of the land. So you saw that uh, you said that he's uh, uh, Smith's not retaining any of the coaches. Well, we already saw one of the coaches' sons go into the transfer porter. Does that mean they're going to lose both of them? Because obviously Chris Jones is a coach there and his son was on the staff, on the team. You know what? I don't know that that's uh, in the cards. I know from from my conversation, I think Ryland's played. You know, has been up there working out, and so um, how that all works out is always a little bit tricky because you know uh, Ryland's been at Utah now a couple of years, and although things have changed, they're still teammates and that sort of thing. I don't know that there's any indication one way or the other. Um, you know, I've tried to give my guys up there space to kind of figure things out. Um, certainly a possibility, I would guess, but I don't know for sure where that stands right now. Tim, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Your genius emanates even from the bottom of Wells. So wherever you are, weekly, we hope for another appearance from you. Well, I, I, pr- I apologize for my late 
arrival and my uh, I, I had to take I had to take a call in the car. I don't like to do that, but I'm on my way to a a meeting, and so thank you for bearing with my mm-hmm. technical difficulties. All right, Tim, you're the man. We will hear you tonight, seven o'clock, Zone Sports Network. You and Jake Scott getting us ready for the Jazz game at eight. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. All right, Tim Lacombe, pregame host with Jake Scott, seven o'clock for the pregame, eight o'clock for the Jazz and the Suns, right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Zone.